Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, after a four-week hiatus to the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur Islander vacationer. I'm back, folks. Yes, back from Ireland. And welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talk and music shows throughout the day. All we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. And my friends, I want you to be part of the conversation, so find me on the Twitter at Colt S. Taylor. Uh, subscribe to the podcast version of the show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And of course... Catch up on what I am doing at ColtSebastianTaylor.com. I update that website once every three to four months. All right, my friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. Well, folks, you know what? It is 4th of July weekend. Today is July 2nd. July 4th will be a Monday, so banks will be closed. And you're not getting any mail until Tuesday. Uh, but it's the 4th of July. American independence, democracy, etc., etc. Uh, some people very happy about it that this holiday. Other people, not so much. So, I was in Ireland for like a month. Did anything happen while I was gone? Anything interesting happen? Oh, yes. The Supreme Court happened. Holy moly. The Supreme Court uh, laid down a variety of different rulings. Uh, let's see here, what's here, let's see here, what's some minor things, I think, uh, oh, um, that took away some, uh, rights from Native Americans from trying people on their own tribal land, yes, even, even my dog, Willow, is upset about that, uh, said that New York cannot regulate guns within its own borders, so state rights, not so much, and of course, the big one, overturning Roe versus Wade, abortion rights, in this country that have been around for about 50 years, no longer kicked back to the states, of which about a dozen have already banned it by passing trigger laws, saying that once it's banned, then it's immediately banned in the state or not. So, I am again not here to debate with you the tenets of abortion. That is not my place here to do that. Uh, I am, of course, a process person. The process person and equality person. It is Fourth of July weekend. Democracy, democracy. Although often when you say that, people remind you you live in a republic. So just to what I just want to um, go off here a bit about the process of how we got here, how we got to this place in this world that the rest of the world says, boy. The United States is taking a step back in terms of rights. How we got here, where all these different things were changed at the end of this Supreme Court uh, term with a variety of rulings. So one of the things that folks like to say to me when I bring this up is that we live in a republic, cult, not a democracy. The minority have rights in this country. It's not mob rule. 
And you know what? That's true. And I respect that. However, let me just uh, let me just uh, throw out some facts there for you. So the Supreme Court is um, uh, nominated by the president. For those who need a little bit of education, you serve on the Supreme Court, you're nominated by the president. I could be nominated to be in the Supreme Court. There's no qualifications whatsoever other than being uh, a citizen and then nominated by the president. And then once nominated, that is approved by the Senate of the United States. 100 senators, they need a, well, it used to be a 60-plus majority. Now it's 51. Now they cha- the, the Republicans changed the rules. That, well, you know what? Let's, let's no longer let people filibuster Supreme Court justices. Can't do that anymore. It's only 51. So, so um, one of the big reasons why uh, Roe vs. Wade and gun rights, Native American rights, and uh, also they said that uh, uh, Miranda rights, it's a little bit less of Miranda rights anymore that you're being arrested. The big reason why we're there is that uh, you know, President Trump nominated three people to be on the Supreme Court during his four years. Three people on there. A third of the Supreme Court. There's nine of them. Three of them directly because of President Donald Trump. Uh, One, uh, Scalia died during Obama's term, uh, and the Republicans waited until election because the election, the people should decide... On the next Supreme Court justice, we need to wait until the election is done. And according to Ted Cruz, even if Hillary won, hey, you know what? We don't really need to make it function with eight. Uh, so, and then when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died a month before the election, we got we to gotta get someone there right away. We, we need to get this right away. So, again, a little bit of uh, hypocrisy there. Hypocrisy there. But anyways, regardless of that, I already talked about that. Let me just drop some facts on you. So the last three, last three were uh, selected by uh, Donald Trump. Uh, George W. Bush put some in there. Clinton, I think there's a few H.W. Bushes still on there. But let me just let me just say this: uh, Republican presidential elections since 1988, only one person, only one Republican candidate for president has ever won the popular vote since 1988, since over 20 years. That was uh, W. Bush in 2004. Every single time since then, Republicans have not won the popular vote. The majority of America, or not majority, a polarity, the most largest group of people have only wanted a Republican president once in the last 20 years. Once in the last 20 years, okay? You know, Bush won. First one, lost the popular vote. Second one, he won. Then Trump didn't win. Well, he, Trump, Trump lost the popular vote twice there. So, from a holistic perspective, the entire country as a whole did not want Republican presidents. But we live in electoral college, so that's the way, that's how that, how that shook out. Now, like I said, part of the Supreme Court process is President nominates it, nominates it, Senate approves. And right now, it only takes 51 senators to approve a Supreme Court justice for life. So that means there's, uh, right now it's a 50-50 split. There's 50 Democratic senators, well, 48, then two that side of the Democrats, and 50 Republican senators. So 50-50 split. 
of 50-50 split. Here's a fun little fact for you. Uh, the 50 Democratic senators represent 40 more million people than the Republican senators. So it's a 50-50 split, but one part of that 50% has 40 million more people. So, my friends, I would argue to you that the current makeup of the Supreme Court does not reflect the majority opinion of the United States. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. And if then and listen, listen, I understand. I understand. The argument is, you know what, the words abortion does not appear in the Constitution. They're right. I did a word search. Do you know what else doesn't appear in the Constitution of the United States of America? I checked the back. There's a treasure map. Not there either. Filibuster. A number of Supreme Court justices there needs to be. Supreme Court uh, justice um, updates. So, you know, that's where we are on that. Uh, like I said, I, uh, I don't, not going to debate abortion. I'm all about the process. Uh, funny thing, the, uh, the, 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 the 6-3 opinion that overturned Roe versus Wade said that the concept behind the original right was flawed. Uh, that concept also includes, uh, gay marriage, interracial marriage, and a whole slew of other rights that uh, some have been here a whole lot less of time, and some just as old as Roe versus Wade. So, uh, folks, if you're thinking, okay, they got their abortion thing, they're going to stop there, uh, I got another thing coming for you. They're going after everything else. So, buckle up. Buckle up. You heard it here first. So, uh, anyways, get off of my soapbox here. I know I have a, a crowd of billions around the world, but uh, it's when folks try to pretend things are all squeaky clean and above the board and there's nothing wrong with this. This, this is how things have always been done. I take issue with that. I really do. I think it's a big old pile of dung that hopefully folks will sort out at the voting box. Fun fact. They're going to review a voting case next term to see whether the states can sort of limit the way you can vote or not. So, fun. So, enjoy this last election. It might be the last free one. We'll see what happens. First up, folks, entertainment. Guess who is coming out of retirement? That's right, my friends. You've waited years for another appearance in film. And guess who's coming back? Cameron Diaz. And when I read that Cameron Diaz was coming out of retirement, I'm sure you thought the same thing. I thought she was retired. Apparently she was. She hasn't done any movies in like half a decade. Um, I did not notice. So I guess that's on me. But she's coming back to do a movie with Jamie Foxx on Netflix. Uh, the film called Back in Action. 
According to an Instagram story, she said, uh, Only you can get me back in action. I can't freaking wait. It's gonna be a blast. So, there is uh, no release date, but filming is set to begin this year. Uh, the last um, the last film that she was in was in 2014. So, like eight years ago, uh, in the movie Annie, uh, which also had Jamie Foxx in it. So, I guess you were... Guess they're guess they remained pals. They remained pals, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. So, anyways, anyways. Um. So, also, Jamie Fox, uh, also, uh, quote unquote, claims credit for bringing uh, Tom Brady out of retirement as well. Uh, Brady joked, uh, "I was talking to Jamie, and he said you need a few tips on how to unretire. I'm relatively successful at unretiring, so." Go figure. Uh, anyways, uh, just because Cameron Diaz has been uh, retired doesn't mean she hasn't been doing anything. She recently launched an organic wine label. Uh, must be nice. Uh, and then, uh, as you may know, she married good Charlotte singer Benji Madden in 2015. And they had a child in 2020. But she's coming back to the big screen. Uh, popularly known for Something About Mary. That's like one of her first big movies. Uh, she's also in Charlie's Angels, two of those, and, uh, oh, just a variety of other movies. So, uh, you know, good for her. Good for her. Coming out and getting that Netflix money. I want that next. I want that next Netflix money. But, I guess, I'm not Cameron Diaz. Some people mistaken me for Cameron Diaz, but those people are usually, uh, intoxicated. In art news, an extremely rare portrait of, uh, Princess Diana went on sale at auction this week at Sotheby's, 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 uh, for over $200,000, more than 10 times the original estimate. It is an oil sketch uh, done by American artist uh, Nelson uh, Shanks in 1994, three years before her death in a car crash in Paris. Um... It was uh, shown at the uh, Masterpiece London Art Fair from June 30th to July 6th, or is going to be shown there. Uh, it depicts uh, Shanks' original choice for an outfit, a Kathleen Walker green velvet halter dress uh, that she also used in the 1997 Vanity Fair issue, which she was on the cover. And uh, he was sketching it for a uh, longer uh, sort of study of her, did sort of a quick sketch. Uh, it was hung in the royal residence of Kensington Palace and later in Diana's family home in uh, Althrop, about 90 miles northwest of London, and went to sale, uh, went on sale this week. Uh, the portrait took 30 set sittings, so she had to sit 30 times while he did that. Um, they said that the sessions became a relief for Diana, who was uh, going through a troubled part of her marriage with uh, Prince Charles. Um, she became friends with the artist and his wife, and um, later confided that she enjoyed coming to, quote, coming to the studio was a safe haven, so full of love and support. Uh, the artist passed away in 2015, and it was world-renowned for uh, portraits. Uh, painted uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, Margaret Thatcher, uh, Luciano Pavarotti, Pope John Paul II. Uh, his, uh, he has an official portrait of Bill Clinton that hangs in the National Portrait Gallery in Washington, D.C. 
according to uh, gallerist Philip Mould, uh, who was quoted in a press release, as royal painted paintings go, it is extraordinarily rare for an artist to capture both the public and private characters simultaneously. Uh, Shank's sketch uniquely fuses Diana's glamour with a affecting pathos of her final years. We felt it belonged in the British collection and are delighted to be able to display it in her home city. So it was, um, it was, uh, it was bought, and now it will now be displayed there. So if you have a chance to see it, probably at a museum, um, that's a $200,000, uh, sketch. Not too shabby. It's, uh, not too shabby. I think if I sketch something, I would have to pay someone to take it from me. Speaking of sketches, uh, this reminds just story just popped into my head. Uh, you know, I once went into a sort of Celtic uh, store full of, you know, art and incense and all the sort of Celtic uh, decorations. And the owner's daughter, uh, who had to be six, seven, had a little table set up. Next to the cash register, it had these post notes of drawings on there, and she was selling them for a dollar. And uh, she's kind of sitting there. I don't think she had many sales, but I went up like, Oh my goodness, this looks just like me. I will give you $5 for this portrait of me. I gave her $5. The post note right now is hanging on the corkboard in my underground bunker. And uh, you know what? I'm sure she has long spent that $5. And she probably forgot me, forgot about me, but uh, you know, if you ever come across something like that, you should definitely buy a child's post-it portrait of someone. It'll just make their day. Speaking of making my day, do you know what would make my day, folks? If you put into your calendar right now some important dates, some important weekly dates. Uh, first up, it's Fridays at 9 p.m. because it's time for DC Live in Effect. He is our in-house DJ, and he mixes it up, smashing on the ones and twos, kicking the beats from South Florida every Friday at 9 p.m. But guess what? He's not done yet. No, sir, my friend. DC House Party Saturdays. DC brings his freestyling DJ to the max. House Party Saturdays gives you the Miami vibe without actually actually having to go to god-awful Florida. From the top clubs to the bars, D.C. will bring the party to you. That's Saturdays at 10 p.m. And then finally, once again, it's D.C. Live in Effect on Sundays at 10 p.m. It is a D.C. weekend every single weekend. So, Fridays at 9, D.C. Live in Effect. Saturdays at 10, D.C. House Party Saturdays. And then Sundays at 10, D.C. Live in Effect. Right here, my friends, only on AWSM Radio. Next up, folks, we go to space, specifically the moon. So the moon is a celestial body. It has weak gravity, which means things get pulled into it and fall into it, uh, including man-made objects, including rockets. And when a rocket impacts the moon... It creates a crater, just like uh, asteroids do in when they hit the moon. And uh, over the years, uh, you know, we, we don't really know how many things have hit the moon. But recent satellites that sort of map the moon are getting really good pictures. And uh, 
scientists have found at least 47 NASA rocket impacts uh, onto the uh, moon surface that created craters. Uh, there are uh, four large craters caused by Apollo 13, 14, 15, and 17 uh, by impacts that are larger than the uh, other craters because these are small rockets, but the Apollo missions were bigger. They were bigger, and so they were bigger impacts. Well, last year, uh, NASA uh, satellites, the Lunar Reconna Reconnaissance Orbiter, found last year another impact of a rocket, a large one, a double crater, meaning that were there were uh, two large things at either end of this rocket that hit the moon, causing two large craters, uh, not as big as the Apollo mission craters, but still pretty big, bigger than usual. Uh, you might say to yourself, okay, that's interesting, Colt, I guess. Why are you bringing this up to me? Well... No one knows whose rocket it is. Yeah, no one knows how it got there or why it got there or who it belongs to. And no nation that can send satellites into the sky with rockets has claimed credit for it. So they literally don't know where this rocket came from, what it was doing there, what it was for, who sent it, and why it crashed. It is a bit of a mystery. Uh, according to NASA, surprisingly, the crater is actually two craters. An eastern crater, about 19 and a half yards wide, uh, superimposed on a western crater that's about 17.5 yards. The double crater was unexpected. No other rocket body impacts on the moon has created a double crater. So... It's, it's a bit of a mystery. It's com it's complex. Uh, they just don't know. It's very unusual. Usually they can figure out where rockets came from, but they can't figure this one out. It's a bit of a moon mystery that, uh, I don't know. I don't, if no one has claimed it thus far, they aren't now. It was probably some sort of secret military satellite that crashed. Hopefully. Maybe it's aliens. It's probably not aliens. It could be aliens. It's not aliens. Next, folks, we return to Earth where there was another historical moment where Kantanji Brown Jackson uh, was sworn into the Supreme Court, uh, officially making her the first black woman on the nation's highest court, replacing Stephen Breyer, who retired uh, Thursday, on Thursday. So he said on Wednesday he's retiring at noon, and then as soon as he, as he retired... Uh, Judge Jackson was uh, sworn in as an associate Supreme Court Justice. Uh, her appointment was approved earlier this year, uh, waiting for the retirement of Breyer. Uh, she was given two oaths of office. Uh, first, to the uh, oath to the Constitution, the Constitutional Oath, and then a Judicial Oath as well. The Constitutional Oath was given by Chief Justice John Roberts, whereas the uh, the uh, judicial oath was given to her by uh, now-retired Stephen Breyer, who, who uh, Judge Jackson clerked for in 1999. So uh, she is his sort of personal friend, uh, worked for him when he was on the, on the Supreme Court in 99, 
And she rose up through the ranks and now is taking his job, basically. So uh, in a statement um, by Breyer, uh, he said, uh, I am glad for my fellow justices. They gain a colleague who is empath- empathetic, thoughtful, and collegial. I'm glad for uh, American uh, for America. She will interpret the law wisely and fairly, helping that law to work better for the American people whom it serves. So uh, she will be formally uh, have a formal investor in, in the fall, have a nice formal ceremony, but she's now officially sworn in so she can get to work on uh, getting her office in order, getting some interns, some clerks. And then when the Supreme Court starts its new term, uh, she will be up there hearing arguments. So congratulations to Associate Judge Jackson. Well done. We now go to Africa, where there was a burial of a tooth in the Democratic Republic of Congo, the DR Congo. Uh... That was strange, as one might imagine, so I did a little bit more reading. Uh, it was the tooth of an independence hero, Patrice Lumumba. Lum Lum uh, he was assassinated in uh, 19, the 1960s. Uh, it's been over 60 years since his assassination. Why are they burying his tooth? Because uh, that's the only thing that's left. Uh, after he was assassinated, uh, his body was disposed of by a Belgian Belgian policeman who uh, used acid to dissolve the body so there would be nothing left. Uh, the only thing that survived was his gold tooth, which he kept, apparently. Kind of strange. Uh, it was revealed uh, a few years ago that he still had the tooth, uh, at least the family did, and the Belgian court said he should probably send that back to Belgium because, um, you know... That's weird. So, um, the tooth toured around the country. Uh, he was, uh, like I said, he was an independence hero. Um, um, independence hero of the Congo at the time. Uh, but uh, was assassinated under the tacit support of the Belgium, um, under the Belgium uh, authorities. Because the Congo used to be owned by the, by the Belgium uh, kingdom. Uh, actually, they did a really terrible job there. Like, one of the biggest, like, unknown genocides of the 20th century was the Congo. Uh, it was the personal property of the king of Belgium. So it was not subject to Belgium laws. And uh, they did really terrible things there. Murdered lots of people. Uh, wanted rubber. And if he couldn't give them the rubber, they chopped their hands off. Because that improves rubber production, apparently. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty terrible there. Uh, so Lumba was the country's first prime minister, uh, one of its leaders in uh, the struggle for independence. Um, he gave a famous independence speech in 1960 in front of the Belgium dignitaries, including the King of Belgium, uh, who said uh, that the Cong- Congolese people had been held in humiliating, humiliating slavery. Uh, the Belgians were stunned that uh, a black African had ever spoken to them like that in front of other Europeans. Uh, But he was overthrown two months later in January 1961. Uh, Many people think Belgium was behind that, uh, basically because they didn't like him, and also during the Cold War, so they thought he might turn the country communist. Uh, But uh, he was then executed, and then his body was disposed of. Uh, but like I said, the uh, Belgian policeman named Gerard Ciotti 
was given the job of getting rid of the evidence, uh, and then he took the tooth with him back to Belgium, and then about three year, two or three years ago, uh, he said he still had it. Court said sent it back uh, because of the COVID stuff. There was a bit of a delay, but it is now officially back, and they are going to be burying it. Um, they'll be burying it uh, in a grand ceremony and having a mausoleum uh, for him, and it will be buried there. So there you are. So a little bit of history there for you. Yeah, you should really, listen, if you don't know what Belgium b- did to the Congo in like the late 18, early 1900s, uh, sit yourself down and read yourself some history because there's some, there's some pretty nasty history there that people have conveniently forgotten. And, um, yeah, yeah. In fact, they had, like, a conference about, like, an international conference about it because things were so bad there. The countries got together and went, whoa, 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 Belgium. Uh, huh. Yeah, we need to stop. So, read it. Do yourself a favor. Favor. Get yourself a little more educated. Read about Belgium and the Congo and the terrible things they did there. Changing gears now for something completely different. My friends, listen, COVID-19 restrictions are dropping, which means a lot of people are going back to work, which means there's commutes. Now, the commute home is often a great time to decompress, gather your thoughts for the evening, and what better thing to listen to than the rock sessions? It's our drive time show here at AWSM Radio. Uh, and my pal rocks will make sure your evening commute home is fun, featuring the hottest music on the charts, and some other surprises in between. She will make it rock, rock style, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., right here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Check it out. Next up, folks, we go to the WWE, where uh, Logan Paul has signed a contract with the WWE, making him a WWE Superstar. Logan Paul, originally known for his YouTube videos and being a digital influencer, is now a pro fighter, apparently, and uh, he is now a wrestler. He has appeared on WWE programs at WrestleMania and WWE SmackDown, but now that he is a full-time star, he will be, I guess, making, I guess, other appearances, I suppose, I guess. So, um... They uh, signed it. Uh, there's pictures of him with uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, who is the temporary CEO of the WWE because Vince McMahon uh, apparently paid off some people that he's having affairs with and uh, improperly reported that money to the board of directors. Since it is a publicly traded company, you can't do that. So he has had to step down temporarily, I guess, to be... Um, uh, to be um, uh, investigated, I guess. So, uh, Logan Paul is 27. Uh, he was originally rose to fame on the Vine app, which is no more. Became a YouTube star. Did a lot of stuff. He had to apologize. Then get kicked off. Then he was back on again. And then uh, he's become a boxer, I guess. He's gone on the ring against Floyd Mayweather on Showtime. Uh, he had... Uh, uh, two bouts with the British YouTuber KSI, and his younger brother Jake Paul has also done some boxing as well. Um, it's hard for me to say who I dislike more. Um, 
the Pauls or the Kardashians, but they're just, you know, lots of people like to say, oh, you know, society and cultural culture is corrupt and falling apart. And I usually say, oh, come on now, culture just changing. We're not more decadent or ridiculous than any time in the past. And then I look at, you know, the Pauls, like, well, you know, maybe we are. Maybe we are. So, uh, but hey, talk about self-marketing. Can't blame them for that. Fake it till you make it. So, uh, the Paul, Logan Paul, coming to a WWE arena to you soon. I guess. Speaking of sports, we now go to Southern California where a barbershop has won a gold medal from the 2020 Tokyo Games for Volleyball. No, wait, not, I don't mean one. Found. Yes, found. Uh, apparently... Uh, the owners of the barbershop, of uh, Knowles, Knoll Barbershop, uh, uh, found a plastic bag behind their barbershop with a gold medal inside of it. It was stolen more than a month ago, and uh, it was uh, it was there or whatnot. Uh, the uh, medal was uh, stolen. It was uh, stolen from Jordan Poltler who won the gold medal in the 2020, which was held in 2021 because of COVID-19. They still call it the 2020 Tokyo Games. Uh, it was stolen from her car. Uh, she was the part of the U.S. women's volleyball team. Uh, she was run, ran in for a video conference, left her door locked, and her medal was stolen. Uh, the police did arrest someone for it in early June, uh, Jordan Fernandez, uh, who was charged with first-degree burglary, uh, first degree residential burglary, second degree vehicle burglary, and identity theft and possession of narcotics. But they did not find the gold medal on him when he was arrested. Uh, but it appears he dumped the medal in a plastic bag behind the barber shop, and this barber shop owners uh, found it. So uh, it was owned by uh, uh, Maria uh, Carlio. And no, Hernandez. They found it, and they are returning it to her. So, happy ending for the gold medal from a gold medal winner from the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Uh, so, usually, when you lose those medals, eh, they usually don't turn up again. But, uh, fortunately, she is getting it back after a month hiatus. I'm willing to bet she will lock her car from now on. Speaking of sports, my friends, on Wednesday nights, AWSM Radio is your place to be for sports. First up at 9 p.m., it's To The Rack with Mac. is your go-to spot for all things basketball. Join NBA expert Mac Daddy as he brings you a full hour of high-flying hoops expertise. Wednesday at 9 p.m. And then at 10 p.m., it's What's Going On. It is our Fox Sports affiliate show bringing... Our listeners, with a combined 150 years of sports experience, hosted by Nate Brown and his fantastic crew, uh, they have been a pillar of Western New York sports for the last two decades. But now, he's going national, and we've got him right here on AWSM Radio. That's Wednesdays at 10 p.m. So Wednesday, Wednesday night, your place to be for sports. It's To The Rack With Mac at 9 p.m. And then what's going on at 10 p.m.? Right here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Next up, folks, we're going to need to get a bigger boat. That's right. Shark season. It's back. 
and researchers are warning those swimming off of Cape Cod to be aware for great white sharks. Uh, shark season, warm waters, they thrive in warm waters, and as waters are getting warmer farther north, uh, as you may imagine, there are not more white, great white sharks further north than there used to be. Uh, so researchers say that you should be vigilant, uh, avoid swimming in areas that have a deep drop-off because sharks like to hide in the shadows. Um, the, uh, there's already been a few closures on beaches in the Massachusetts area due to shark sightings. Um, uh, Greg Skomal, a state marine biologist who's been studying the region's great white sharks for decades, says that animals tend to be concentrated on the Atlantic Ocean facing side of Cape, the Cape, Cape Cod, where they feast on a flourishing seal population. So be careful if you are swimming. Uh, peak sightings are between August and October, but July is when they start popping up off the coast of Cape Cod. So, you know, if you're uh, swimming in Long Island, New Jersey, Delaware, and Point South, they're probably already out there poking around. So just be careful. Uh, oh boy, I just Jaws is a scary movie. I I like going to the beach. Don't like I don't like swimming in the ocean. Uh, so be sure you are swimming in protected areas, areas that have lifeguards, ones that are looking out for sharks. Uh, don't swim by yourself. And whatever you do, don't swim in the middle of the night with some young lover. And then you get pulled down, and then you're on the beach, and that was no boating accident. It's a great white shark. But if there is a great white shark, I'll tell you who to call. You call me, quote Sebastian Taylor. I'll get him, and for another thousand dollars, I'll get you the tail and the teeth. Yes, but you gotta be careful when you're out there. They look at you with those dead eyes, them doll eyes. They'll come and get you. And scene. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Well, my friends, that just about wraps up today's Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Uh, thank you for joining me here today on AWSM Radio. Remember, you can follow me on the Twitter at Colt S. Taylor. Uh, so feel free to engage with me on there. If you just came in at the last moment and missed the entire show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of the show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. Those episodes are usually posted Sunday at noonish more or less to say and of course if you haven't already uh, bookmark coltsebastiantaylor.com for all of your Colt Sebastian Taylor needs I update that site you know once every quarter and whatnot. now before I sign off today my friends listen June was kind of a rough month for many many people many people uh, in the United States felt they have lost uh, some rights that they've had they feel like perhaps their communities are getting a little bit more focused and are under attack by those who don't agree with their way of life and whatnot. Um, and uh, that's pretty much true. Kind of, it was kind of a terrible month for the marginalized and whatnot. Uh, but, friends, as down as you may be, you are not alone. There are plenty of other people out there who are organizing and working to make sure that uh, these communities are protected and afford every right that everyone else has. So, if you're a little downtrodden, a little sad, a little defeated, it's okay to have those emotions. Perfectly valid. 
but know that you do have friends out there who are fighting hard for you. And actually, with social media, they're not hard to find. So, uh, get a good nap in, because tomorrow's a new day. Until next time, I'm Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later.